It's come to my attention that sixty uh, percent of our listenership are female. So, What's up? I just gotta say one thing. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and that listenership percentage has dropped to zero because they've all been <laughs> hey, 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 man, that thing that thing jumped up to one hundred and fifty. All right. Man, I, don't, I don't know what's going oh, on the wow. last couple of weeks, but it's like, like literally the last like, you know how. Say a little behind the scenes for everybody. Audacity basically shows you your numbers on two week periods, right? And this yeah, two week, it's, it's 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 from Spotify though, right? Pretty much. No, um, Anchor Anchor um, counts all the listens. It's not just Spotify listens. Um, okay, is it the Spotify runtime though that they listen? To? Yeah, that's that. It only pulls runtime or listen time from Spotify, but the plays are from everything. This two-week period that we're currently in is right now sitting as our third highest two weeks that we've ever had. And, and you I, know what the funny part is? They're not listening to new episodes. Yeah, it's all old stuff, which is exactly what <laughs> I'm we... I'm like... Which is... That, that's exactly what we intended when we started this, right? Like, basically, we wanted these episodes to be where you could always just go back and listen to whatever may interest you yeah i mean it's it's awesome and it's funny i was just telling savannah earlier i'm like we have 63 listens in the last seven days yeah and morbius only has 18 of them in the last seven days yeah like i don't know what the fuck they're listening to and for us that's for us that's a big deal people (laughs) oh it is it's it's just it's just hilarious i'm just looking at the number i'm like this isn't this isn't like computing for me. I'm like, what the hell? This is awesome. We were like but, that uh, Twitter meme where it's that guy looking at the post and he's like, man, this is doing numbers and it has like three likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's us. I mean, look, the fact that we have like almost 2,500 total plays on this little little podcast by three people uh-huh. that has no publicity versus like other than 100 people seeing it on Twitter, it's pretty incredible in my opinion. Yeah, we're not um, e-famous, so. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so everybody, just welcome to Filmoscopy. I probably should get that out first before I started getting my little, uh, uh, you know, borderline rapist uh, voice I was doing there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Filmoscopy. My name is Lance. I'm hosting today's episode. My two co-hosts with the most, uh, I just wish I could come up with something more. My two hosts, uh, two co-hosts who are the moist. Eh, fuck it. Um, it's Cody. <laughs> say hi, Cody. Hello. And say hi, Owen. Hello. It's, what's popping? All right. What's popping? Um, no hotcha. No hotcha. So, <laughs> so, before we get into today's subject, Cody is Cody is. Uh, <laughs> 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 I swear that that line in Scary Movie Three, when the priest is looking for the little boy, going, "Cody, <laughs> will never not get old." Old dabs, dabs the sweat uh, off, of his, off of his brow, the sweat. And it's funny, like 
I think me and Cody watched Scary Movie 3 together because he had never seen it. And he just saw 1 and 2. And that line popped up. And it didn't even dawn on me. And Cody goes, it's even worse than my name. I'm like, oh, my God. So Cody made the joke for me. And I ran with it for the last, like, 12 years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Cody is going to introduce a game we're going to try to play. Okay. It's yeah. time to play the game. Sorry, just Sorry. one second. No, that was your cue. That was yeah. your cue. It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. <laughs> I know how to suck it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I thought we could do a little um, year-long type game. And it's basically like fantasy football almost, but with movies. So, the rules would be on our next episode. Hey, can you explain this? I'm going to jump on the toilet real quick. <laughs> okay. So the rules will be... That's going to be the next 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I'll be lucky if it's 10 minutes. It's going to be like Naked Gun when he's like, got the microphone on and he's peeing. And they all hear <laughs> yeah, it in like conference like, room. And he's like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on our next episode is when we would do our draft. And... The idea is that we would each take turns drafting a movie and, until we each had five films. Um, basically, the, those five films would act as our team for the year. Uh, one rule is that we can't, we won't be able to draft anything that already has uh, reviews. Um, so that way, you know, you're not picking something that already has a high Rotten Tomato score, uh, which, by the way, the scores will be based on Rotten Tomato scores. The way the points will be calculated is at the end of the year, when we finally tally up everything, for a movie that you have <clears throat> anything, any every point above 50 on their Rotten Tomato score would give you a point, and any point below 50 would give you negative points. So then we would just count them all up, whoever has the most cumulative points wins. Simple enough, right? Um, I'm asking Owen because I know Owen. Uh, you don't. I, I'm assuming you've never played like fantasy sports or anything, right? No. Okay. Um, so we just wait. So we just pick a game, well, not a game, a movie. <laughs> so how do we pick our movies? Those. Okay. So before the next episode, here's my my game plan for this. Right. Before the next episode. I'm going to have a list of like 10 movies that are coming out this year uh, that don't have, obviously, like I said, don't already have Rotten Tomato scores. Um, I'm pretty sure you can go to things like Box Office Mojo or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and they have like a list of movies that are coming out this year. Yeah. Um, that way, I'm going to have them in the order that I would want to pick them in. Basically, you know, and obviously you're trying to pick ones that are going to get a higher score, um, that you think will get a higher score. So... That way, I'll have 10 movies on my personal list, but that way, in case you two start picking movies that are on my list, I'll have backups, you know. Because I basically, when we do the draft, I want everything to run smoothly to where we're not sitting here like, oh, i got to scramble to find something, you know what I mean? Um, so just have like a, you know, have a, long, a list of movies that you feel comfortable with being long enough that where you can pick from in case some of your top picks get picked by other people um 
obviously no one you know no one can have the same movie on their list as someone else and um so yeah i mean that's that's generally how it's going to work uh you had the idea before we started recording that the worst movie on any of the list or is it the worst movie on the win on the winner's list would be covered is that was that your uh, idea yeah i guess either way i mean I don't know. Whatever would be fun. Well, we should have like stipulations too that it can't be like, I don't know, just some complete like weird piece of shit movie that like none of us are gonna like even have fun like riffing on or anything. Oh yeah, know? yeah. We we can definitely. I mean, if like we all, if the worst movie ends up being some like real boring movie that someone some just rom com or yeah. some shit, <laughs> someone picked just because they thought it get a good score or whatever and ended up not you know yeah well, we'll we'll work around it whenever we get it but but we can let's say for now that the winner gets to pick a movie off of their own list that we'll get to cover and it won't count as it won't count as anyone's like pick in the rotation how about yeah, that i think we should take the three worst rated movies off of like each other's list and then vote on which one okay yeah uh, we can do that too we want to watch we could do that too um there's not really um as far as like i guess as far as what what's on the line or whatever like what you're actually going to win uh there's not really anything it's just mainly for fun and um to kind of help you know add a little bit of interest or intrigue into the podcast itself uh we'll we'll visit it halfway through the year we'll visit our list and see what already has scores and kind of where we're where we stand but the final scores won't be until the end of the year all right, everybody, before we get into the main subject, we are covering today 1995's Mortal Kombat. Now, because I've known Cody longer, I have a little segment today. It's called 95. I'm going to ask Cody nine questions. I'm going to ask Owen five questions. Owen's five questions are the same as Cody's five, and then it's going to go off the rails when I ask the last four for Cody. All right, uh, and it's going to be interesting if anybody's listened to our Mortal Kombat 2021 episode, which we're about, uh, I'd say, about 20 months removed from doing putting out, because that, that movie came out in April of 2021, and we're in February of 2023, which is fucking crazy. We've done we've done this podcast two and a half years. Um, thank you guys for hanging on, doing this show, too. This is great. And like two and a half years, who would have thought we actually would have lasted as fickle as I am? So, um all right, so question number one: What Mortal Kombat game did you guys play first? What was the first one you ever played? I'll go with Cody first. Uh, the first one I ever played was the first Mortal Kombat, but um, it, but hold was on, it so, Home Media? Sorry. sorry, hold on. Are you good? It was, on the, it was on the Supra Nintendo. I played, um, I think, Deadly Alliance for the PlayStation 2. was the first time. Is that I your first one? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a good choice. It was a... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead, Cody. Um, yeah, so the, the first one I played was the first one. It was on Super Nintendo. So, you know, didn't have blood. It was just sweat and all that. It was spit. Um, I always okay. thought it was spit. <laughs> yeah, spit. It um, like red it looks like It looks like cum. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, just knocking out globs of cum out of their mouth. <laughs> um, and Owen, Cody, I know you were off the, the thing real quick. Cody, oh, Cody. Owen said his first was Deadly Alliance PlayStation 2. It's Deadly um, Alliance. Great game. I love that my, one. 
my first game I played was the first Mortal Kombat, and it was on Sega Genesis. My uncle, who my uncle was only about thirteen years older than me, so if I'm five, he's like eighteen. Uh, he had that one. I think he rented it, or maybe he bought it. I can't remember. I just remember there was a game that I used to play at my grandmother's house. That's where he lived at the time. That he rented and never took back. I don't know if he ever paid the fees on it. But um, yeah, so I played Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis and. As soon as I saw the Scorpion fatality, where he rips off his mask and does the fire, I was instantly hooked. Like, okay, that's it. Scorpion's my guy. I thought it was awesome. And I found out the blood code on the school bus, and then I went home and tried it, and it actually worked. A, B, A, C, A, B, B. Um, All right. So, question two. Cody, which character is your all-time favorite? I had a feeling you were going to ask this. First one that comes to mind. The first one that comes to mind is Reptile. What a tiger. Okay. All right. And, um, I, I guess I should ask. Uh, mm, did you play Reptile first on Mortal Kombat 2? Is that how you fell in love with them? Was it later uh, on? No, because I never... So I never played Mortal Kombat 2 until they released that like um, remastered collection like back in what? Like 2011 or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the arcade mm-hmm. collection was a K. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, the first time I actually played as him was Mortal Kombat Trilogy on PS1. Um, and I think I think it was just more so because I'd grown up, you know, for a few years playing the first game, you know, and all you had was Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And obviously as a small child, I wasn't good enough to ever find the secret fight with Reptile. Um, but then yeah. playing Trilogy, it's like, oh, there's these other these other ninjas in here. And um, I don't know. It was just something about Reptile that I was always drawn to. Okay. All right. Um, so, Owen, what is your favorite character in Mortal Kombat? It's going to be Scorpion also. I played Deadly Alliance first, like I said, and that has, like, literally the best Scorpion design fucking ever. I he agree. looks really cool. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was cool. And Sub-Zero looked like a bitch in that one, so I didn't really like him as much. <laughs> he, he, he did for sure. Um, so I guess I'll turn that question on myself. Uh, my favorite is and always has been Scorpion from the very first game, just because, um, I don't know, I guess because he threw the spear out and he said something, like this is the first time on a video game I ever so heard anything. get over here, like, bitch. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> it, was the first, it was the first time I ever heard anything saying it, and then he's a ninja who takes off his mask. I'm like, holy shit. I'm sure my little five-year-old brain somehow – twisted it into like a, a, a pro wrestling thing in my head it's like oh it's like a mass wrestler or whatever but i thought it was cool so mm-hmm. i was hooked all right so question number three what game did you hate the most when playing or if you just like what game lost you with the franchise because i feel like if you play a few games of something you like it sometimes you kind of dip out on the one and don't go back to it for like another five to ten years so, Cody, what's the game that you least liked, hated, or, like, lost your interest in the franchise? Uh, man, it's hard because I haven't played all of these. Like, I always had, like, until, like, the newer consoles, like, 360 generation, I always had, like, huge gaps in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far and as you, my... Because you're, my, you're older, like, you're older like me. You don't have... We didn't have the resources to like go get every game. Yeah, we just kind of like a luxury. It was, yeah, it was the same for me. So I never played Armageddon as a kid or anything, or 
And I never owned Deadly Alliance. I just played it as my uncle's house once. But, uh, yeah, like, or like once or twice. So, yeah, because like for me, I had the first okay. one, then I had, I had Trilogy, uh, and then I had Deadly Alliance. And then the next one I played after Deadly Alliance would have been Mortal Kombat versus DC. Um, Damn, that's a huge game, too. Yeah, and I've played every one of them since. I guess if I had to pick a least favorite, though, it probably would be Mortal Kombat versus DC. Um, Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we'll go with that. Owen, uh, what is your answer? Which is the game you hated the most? Uh, I mean, if we're counting Mortal Kombat versus DC, it'd have to be that one. But, I mean, there's a couple ones I don't like as much. Like, Armageddon is kind of weird. Um you know, but I like I said, I didn't play it as a kid when it came out. Um, I loved MK9. Um, MKX was okay. Um, I kind of don't like the MK11 like loot box stuff. Like that's kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm neutral towards that one. So I guess if I had to vote one, I would definitely say uh, MK versus DC. That one sucks. All right, I'll have to agree with it. Like. Well, the original Mortal Kombat 3 sucks, and... Oh, yeah, that one also does. Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 is pretty good, though. Yes, 100%. And like I said, I I think for the majority of of fans, it's not a stretch to say that Mortal Kombat is popular because of the ninjas. And Mortal Kombat 3, they had fired the actor who did the motion capture, or something happened. He didn't get fired, but he wasn't invited back or something like that. He wasn't brought back and they didn't have time to put the ninjas in Mortal Kombat 3 from what I understand and then like and to be honest with you six months after Mortal Kombat 3 came out Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 came out and they had put the ninjas in there and then the next year Mortal Kombat Trilogy came out and had even more ninjas and stuff so yeah I would have to say Mortal Kombat 3 the original one and Mortal Kombat vs. DC sucked I don't think I said my favorite game my favorite game was Mortal Kombat 2 like 100% Mortal Kombat 2 I love that yeah, Mortal Kombat's um, pretty good. So, that's is that three questions or that four questions? Um, that's three, right? You asked what our first one yeah. was, uh, our least yeah. favorite. Our favorite character, first one, one you hated. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, I fucked up there. So, my favorite is Mortal Kombat 2. Which one is your favorite question for Cody? Go. My Okay. The favorite one is, um, ooh, I'm gonna have to say Mortal Kombat 11. Um, okay. I know Owen just got done saying he did, he doesn't you know 11's not as high up for him or but I yeah, just think it's, it's just the loot box stuff for me. I mean yeah, I'm just, like I mean the gameplay is fine. I guess I guess the loot box stuff doesn't really bother me because in a way like Deadly Alliance had that too. You know yeah. Um, I mean the the difference. I'm not a huge for fan me, of all the crypt shit, you know. Yeah, yeah the I mean, crypt I, shit is what I'm talking. Like, the grind is really bad. I know Deadly Alliance, like the grind wasn't as bad. It kind of left you or Dead Deadly Alliance and Deception had. It was fun. It didn't seem like it was completely overwhelming and like you could. Yeah, be able to do I agree. And you also had like some like pretty like fun stuff in there, like cooking with Kano, <laughs> or was it cooking with Scorpion? Okay, cooking with Scorpion. Yeah, yeah cooking with Scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i don't know like i just i never really engage a lot with the crypt in 11 you know um i just you know if once i accumulated a lot of coins or whatever i'd go down there and like just trying to unlock random stuff but i just think the gameplay is so solid and i actually like the the roster of characters 
in it a lot more than um, the two that came before it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like, I'm, I don't know. It's hard for me. I, I I'm gonna say eleven, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, Owen, which one is your favorite? I don't know, but um, it's okay, hard to choose because, oh. like, I love MK9. I think MK9 is really fun. Um, but I also really like Deception, and that might just be like nostalgic for me. No, Deception's a great game. That's not that's not nostalgic. That I mean, that's the first one that had a conquest mode. You can run around and train. And shit. Yeah, that that was the coolest part for me was that you had basically an entirely separate game. Or, and all the other, you know, side games that it had, you know, like Tetris Combat, or not Tetris Combat, Puzzle Combat, Chess Combat, all that shit was just really fun. So I might be in the Deception camp. Okay, I'll, 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 I'd have to go with, like I said, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat Deception. And, man, I think I have to go with Mortal Kombat 11. And it's all tied because, um, like I said, Mortal Kombat 2, I wasn't. I wasn't great at the game. I could beat Mortal Kombat 1. Mortal Kombat 2, for some reason, just kicked my ass. And if you played on the Sega version, you can only have like four or five tries against Kentaro before it made you reset the whole fucking thing. So I never beat it. And then on PlayStation 2, there was a collection game called Midway Arcade Treasures 2. And it had Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 on it. And I still didn't beat it, but my I woke up one day and my sister, who's five years younger than me, beat Mortal Kombat 2 with Melina. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, I, um, you know, I, I've always loved that game. I played, I, Owen, the, before you moved, you came over to my house. We hung out a little bit. And, you know, you watched me play and actually beat Shao Kahn. I was like, yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat Deception, um, that game blew my mind because someone at school because I was in 10th grade at the time someone at school was telling me about an ending and I hadn't got all the endings yet but they told me about Noob Saibot and turns out Noob Saibot is the original Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat 1 which blew my fucking mind I'm like what? and it was something they had added in for that game because they never brought back the original Sub-Zero Noob Saibot didn't have an identity I think some fan suggested it on a message board and then they gave them money for the idea and used it in the game. And uh, Mortal Kombat 11, because Cody will be my witness. Like, uh, Mortal Kombat X came out in 2015. I was, like, super stoked because they had multiple uh, entrance dialogue. Like, the characters say something to each other. It's like at least five exchanges. And I was hoping, because I was like, oh man, I'll finally get some kind of exchange between Scorpion and Noob Saibot, because... You know, other than, like, the marketing campaign, the rivalry is Scorpion and Sub-Zero, the actual rivalry is Scorpion versus Noob Saibot, because Noob Saibot's the original Sub-Zero that actually killed Scorpion. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, and then when that heating happened in Mortal Kombat X, I'm like, fuck, so I had to wait to Mortal Kombat 11 before any exchanges of Scorpion and Noob Saibot. And it was, it kind of let me down a little bit, but it was still awesome, so I'd have to go with those three. Um mentioning that it's kind of funny how like in most of the new lore scorpion and sub-zero are like best buds like new sub-zero yeah. I mean. well it's it's in not to get super nerdy here which i'm going to uh, in mortal kombat 2 
Scorpion, his bio. Because, you know, in the first couple Mortal Kombat games, you had character bios, you had a short story written in the game manual, and then you had endings. And you didn't find out until the next game which ending was canon. Spoiler alert, it was always Liu Kang. But some of the endings had kernels of truth. Like, all the endings in Mortal Kombat 1 didn't happen but Liu Kang and Scorpion. Scorpion killed Sub-Zero, got his revenge, and, and that was the end of it. Well, Mortal Kombat 2, his bio, Scorpion comes back because he sees that Sub-Zero is back, and he thinks Sub-Zero's been resurrected like himself. He finds out, and I didn't find this out until years later because I didn't realize that the Sub-Zero Mortal Kombat 2 is the younger brother who gets a scar on his face. Um, he finds out that that's the younger brother of Sub-Zero, so he vows to protect that Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat 2 and in Mortal Kombat 3 into Mortal Kombat 4. And so there's always been kind of a, a budding buddy thing between Scorpion and the new Sub-Zero. Yeah, but, even though in like pop culture it's always their like bitter rivals. Yeah, it's, yeah that's completely aesthetic just because that's what people remember. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's literally it's the original Sub-Zero, now known as Bihan, new Cybot, and Scorpion who have the rivalry. Yeah, they were even going to make and, like, the... Shaolin Monk sequel was going to be Sub Zero and Scorpion, which would have been awesome. It being called Fire and Ice, yeah, yeah, that would. I love um, Shaolin Monks. Like, I think the story is kind of dumb, but the way it changes it, but I think the gameplay is a lot of fun. Yeah, I I don't consider Shaolin Monks. Uh, I think it's more of an expanded what if. I don't think it's completely canon because yeah. a lot of people die. Oh, All make, right, so and the they fit, oh, they make uh, what the fuck is his name? Um, I literally mistake Kung Lao. They make Kung Lao like a bitch in the game, and he's been a bitch like ever, ever since. since that game. Yeah, yeah. That and Kung Lao in the in the original story written by John Tobias, Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat Two was the original chosen one, and chose to walk away from the the monks because he he found in the White Lotus Society he chose to walk away from the monks because he wanted a life of peace. He yeah. came back in Mortal Kombat Two after all the monks were killed by Tarkatans. And he wants his revenge, people. and he's like a cool yeah, cowboy and, and shit. And he yeah. has like a cool hat. And, yeah, and in Mortal Kombat 4, uh, the expansion game, which is Mortal Kombat Gold, he has this exchange with Goro. He like he slices Goro's chest, and it's like a ceremonial strike of revenge because Goro's a good guy in the game. Yeah. Uh, and they bury the hatchet for Goro killing the great Kung Lao. Um. But and and then after when Shaolin monks, he's just this little jealous little prick to Liu Kang, and that's how he is in every iteration. At that point, it sucks. Yeah, they made him really fucking lame. The character assassinated him. Yes, and and another thing, and I I had brought it up in the twenty twenty one episode we did, but like Melina, in the original setting, and John Tobias said this on Twitter that he imagined that Melina was created when. Katana was still a child after Sindel was killed or killed herself or whatever and that they grew up together well in the newer games Melina's born the day of the second tournament so there's not really a sister jealousy relationship between her and then towards from her towards Katana you know and it's just like okay there's not much of a loving exchange or a hatred exchange in the new game so that's that's something else they changed I'm not a fan of they're gonna reboot they're going to reboot it again, I guess. So <laughs> maybe it'll change again. Yeah, probably. And, of course, you know, Quan Chi has been inserted to every fucking thing in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Quan Chi like, fucking oh. sucks. He's so lame and stupid. <laughs> fucking hate Quan Chi. I hate him. 
All right, so the final question for all five of us, and then the final four for Cody. What is your favorite fatality of all the games, Dang, Cody? Oh, shit. First one comes to mind. Um, so the first one comes to mind. I'm trying to think if, I can, if I'm remembering this correctly. I think I'm going to have to like look on the wiki real quick. Oh, <laughs> okay. you know what? Um, if I remember right, and this is a fatality for a guest character, uh, it's a Joker fatality in 11. Uh, because I, if I remember, he has a fatality that's a callback to his you know, fatality or whatever from Mortal Kombat versus DC. Remember where in that game he pulled he pulls a gun out and pulls the trigger, but it's like doesn't like a flag or something come out that says like bang or whatever in that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if I remember right, he does the same thing in eleven, but then he actually like pulls a doesn't he pull a second gun out and actually shoot the person or something? Yeah, Shang I think Sung, that yeah he that, turns that into fatality. Shang Tsung did that in Mortal Kombat Nine. Yeah. So he turns into a clown, pulls a gun, does the exact same thing, but actually blows the fucker's head off. Oh shit! Okay. Um, damn. It had, man, it's just so much. Okay. I guess. All right. I guess. Um. It would be a Kung Lao fatality then. Um. Okay. And again, if I'm remembering correctly, because I it's it, there's been so many of these, but uh, if I remember right, he like the opponent's laying on the ground or whatever and he like uses his hat and like cuts him right up the middle correct like with it like yeah I, they do that and they do that in the movie too in 2021 yeah it's almost acting like a, a table saw almost on the mm-hmm, on yeah. the ground okay i like that choice uh owen do you Shit. need more time i can, I can go ahead and give mine uh, that's all right uh now you can go ahead and give yours and i'll probably give mine after yours um well spoiler alert it's a scorpion one. It's obviously the toasty who takes his mask off and blows fire. There is one in Mortal Kombat Deception, and I saw it in the game manual. He goes in and rips somebody's head off with her spine. And in the manual, because it gives you, like, um, like the description or whatever, and I read somewhere, I can't. I think it was the manual, maybe I read it online, that they gave Scorpion that fatality to pay tribute to the original Sub-Zero for killing him. I'm like, oh, okay, because Scorpion doesn't know that Noob Saibot's be Han. For some fucking reason, because you find out later on it was Quan Chi that brought them both back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's it's a Scorpion one, probably. I always thought the Mortal Kombat 2 fatality where Sub-Zero, he, like, makes a diamond, like an ice diamond, and throws it into you, and then you explode the ice grenade. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, of course, oh, one more, one more. I got one more. You guys can list, list off some random ones. Reptiles... Fatality MK2 always goes back to MK2. He takes his mask off and eats your head, but then he looks at the camera, and goes mm, and rubs his belly, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I like I thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. Um, so, all right, Owen, what do you what do you got for me? I man? think I'm just gonna have to go with the spine rip because I've always liked just like uh, you know like not fucking around kind of fatalities where they just like fucking rip someone apart with their bare hands. It's cool to me. It's pretty. It's pretty metal, so I think I'll have to go with Sub Zero's spine rip. Oh hell yeah! All right, yeah, Cody, uh, do you have any shout, other ones that pop yeah, your head? Shout out to uh, the Freddy Krueger fatality where he throws them in like that boiler or whatever. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Damn, because he's like he throws it in there and he's like shh, and he shuts the door on. Yeah, 
And it, it is the only bummer about that was like I just really wish they had Robert England do like voice lines for him. Um, but I think all he yeah, does is like would, laugh. But that would be pretty dope. All right, so the final four questions are for Cody. Okay. All right, Cody. Number six. Why is it that every time I want to play Mortal Kombat at your house, it's uninstalled? <laughs> <laughs> um, to, the honest the honest answer is because like I just I have stuff installed on my console like that either obviously that I'm currently playing or the stuff that I plan on playing sometime soon. And fighting games especially are just one of those things that's like I get in a mood for about a month to really play a fighting game and then I just like put it down for however long until I decide to reinstall it. So that is the honest answer. It I have the I same mean, kind of like commitment for fighting games like that. It's it's like you, you want to be good at them for like a month and then you're like, eh, what's the fucking point? It, well, even, even ones yeah. that I am good at, like, you know, I would say that I'm, I was, I'm pretty good at Tekken and I'm good at dragon ball fighters but even those I'm, I'm the same way like they'll be installed for a month or so and then i'll be like all right i probably won't play this again for another six months so i'm just going to uninstall it until i get in the mood to play it again okay all right question seven cody what percentage of trophies did you get on mortal kombat 11 uh <laughs> give me a second did you, did you top out about 75 percent well, I have two different percentages because I've played the PS4 and PS5 versions of it. Um, oh, let's go with PS4 because that's when we first got it. Because I think I topped out at 75% of the trophies because I got literally every crypt that you could in the crypt. Mm -hmm. But they want you to reset everything and spend more fucking money. I'm like, man, that's too much fucking, that's too much grinding. I just got fucking sick of it. Ain't nobody got time for that. I know. Right, like, literally, if you go, it's funny, if you look at, like, the crypt, like, if you run around everywhere, I mean, I, I unlocked every area and unlocked every crypt, and if you go into the options and look, it says I still have, like, another 200 to unlock, so I'm assuming I have to reset everything and re-unlock them. I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's some bullshit right there. All right, hold on. I just passed the PS5 version. So, Mortal Kombat 11 trophies, I'm... I had, for the PS4 version, I had 70%. Okay. So very few that I and was you, missing. What did you get at, what about the PS5 version? I'm curious now. More the PS5 me. version was only 28%. I didn't, I didn't put nearly as much time into it. I think, I think whenever they were like, yeah, you can download it for free if you have the PS4 version. I just like, I think I just replayed the story pretty much and, um, then put it, put it back down. Um, but like, you know, with the PS4 version, you know, I just some random trophies. You know, I I got different, and do this many different fatalities, and this spilled ten thousand pints of blood, and show mercy this many times, and um, you know, do complete the tower with this many characters, and I mean, I put a lot more time. I got every fatality trophy where you have to basically do both fatalities with each character. You know, mm -hmm. um, I got all those and. Yeah, so the only ones I didn't really get were, like, <laughs> a lot of them that involved the crypt, you know. Um, I got you. All right, so, number eight. Why do you suck in Mortal Kombat versus me, and do you resent <laughs> me for it? I don't resent you for it. I, it it's, 
it's just one of those things. I don't know. I guess um, the style of it. I, it's one of those games I love playing. I mean, I love fighting games anyway, and I, I love playing Mortal Kombat, but I'm just not very good at it. Like, I'm good enough to get through, like, the story mode and stuff on normal difficulty or whatever, and I've, I've won my fair share of matches online, but if you were to look up my win-loss record online on any of them, uh, I'm sure it's, like, I'm winning, like, 20% of the time. So, <laughs> well, um, thanks for making me feel better. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like there's really uh, only two fighting games that I've ever, I would ever consider myself genuinely good at, and that is Dragon Ball Fighters and, well, I guess Tekken Three and Tekken Seven. So, I guess three okay. games. Um, quick flashback: our first. Oh well, I guess really, yeah, it's really our first year. Well, second year of our friendship, I'd say, because we met towards the tail end of 2010, and I don't think Mortal Kombat 9 came out until, like, August of 2011, and you told me you got the game, so I was over at your place, like, every fucking Wednesday I had off or whatever it was, I think it was Thursday, and you would, like, let me play through the story on your copy. Yeah. And we worked to get through the Tower of 300 Challenges together, remember? <laughs> yeah, and I think there was also, like, um, there were a couple of achievements I needed to get. One of them was, like, for completing, because, you know, you could do, like, the, the 2v2 Towers, right? Um, yeah, we did that, too. Yeah, we did that, and I think we did it on hard difficulty, where I think I used, I used, uh, was it Sheva, Shiva? Um, and she's and you used yeah, Scorpion. Yeah, you were, and it, I almost fucked up the last one. You're like, no, and I like tagged you in. I can't remember what we did, but I remember you're like, no, Lance, no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and the last question: Why called? do you always duck me? I'm like, hey man, let's play Mortal Kombat online. <laughs> hey, if you want to play, I'm just messing. I could, I couldn't come up with another question. I always like, hey, we should play online, and I never hear back from you. Uh, it's always not. funny because it's it's like when we're playing like here's another funny fact cody beat me one round in one match in mortal kombat legs like every time we played i always kicked his ass like every time and we had like some kind of thing turned on where blood was falling from the sky so it hits you and he beat me that round it's like yeah you son of a bitch man i don't but, mortal kombat x is one of those like i'm really bad at x i don't know why like I'm a lot better at nine and eleven than I am in in X, but like, it it kind of bums me out a little bit because of the guest characters in Mortal Kombat X are so cool, but it's like I hate yeah. I just don't like going back and playing it because I'm I'm not very good at it. Leatherface, Alien, Predator, Jason, mm-hmm. oh man, it's it's got it's it's some killer shit in that game. All right, so. Um, I guess I'll go through the first, uh, well, the actual question for the podcast. When was the first time you guys watched this movie? And I guess I'll go with Cody since I was doing alphabetical order this time. Oh, gosh. I I had to have watched this when I was a kid at some point. Um, Although I don't have a lot of memories of watching it when I was a kid. It wasn't one of those movies I would go back to repeatedly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, I guess I had to have watched it when I was a kid, and then I don't think I watched it again until maybe, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so. No, you go. The first time you ever watched this movie? Uh, I honestly could not tell you. I don't remember when. Uh, it had to be... I had to have been maybe 
see because I have memories of watching it like really early, but I can't remember if it was this one or if it was uh, Annihilation or if it was like that TV show that came out like in the late nineties. Yes, Conquest. Yeah, so I can't remember between those three which one I saw first, really. Okay, I got you. Well, I mean, but I just, it's not the first time you've seen it, so. Yeah, definitely not the first time I've seen it. I've watched this uh, before. And I, I remember yeah. vividly um, Reptile's god-awful CGI, where he looks like a yes. weird 90s game character. He does do that, that is for sure. Um all right, and I'll go ahead and say my first time watching this movie, I, I try not to turn it into super sappy, but I had seen the previews for this movie on the Dumb and Dumber VHS tape I had. And I was always, like, super stoked. Like, I mean, I don't remember seeing it on television because it's 95, so uh, I'm seven years old uh, when this movie comes out. So I remember seeing. I don't remember seeing the commercials on TV because I really don't remember watching like what I was watching on TV at the time. Like nothing, like is in my brain. But I do remember the Dumb and Dumber VHS tape having the preview on it and being super stoked. And then one day when I came home from school at my grandmother's house because I, the way it worked, the bus that my mom wanted me to ride on didn't ride by my my house. It ran by my grandmother's house, who was two miles down the road. So I ended up. Like, they would drive me to my grandmother's house every morning, and I would take the bus from there. I came home from school one day, and she had bought me the VHS tape of Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, what? I mean, I was just, like, flabbergasted. I didn't know the movie had come out yet. And I remember watching it at her house that day, and I was like, oh, okay. And I think I remember, like, like about to leave it there. And she goes, no, you take that home. It's yours. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I mean, it wasn't even my birthday, so it blew my mind. Yeah. That I, I was able to get that as a, like just as a random gift, but you said this is the greatest fucking movie ever made. Thank you, man. I I tell you one thing. It was probably one of the first movies that I, as a person, loved. Yeah. Like, like this is my fucking movie. My mom and dad aren't gonna like this. My sister's too young to watch it because she was two years old at the time. I mean, this is my fucking movie. See, I was so fucking stoked as a kid. I this movie always upset me. From when I watched it, or at least, you know, part of that, watching all those movies back then, or at least one of them, these movies always upset me because they always turn the ninjas into, like, jobbers, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a movie trope, you know, they just... Yeah, it's because you can't, yeah, because you can't have a character with a mask be, you know, the main character. Like, it's not something mm-hmm. that's done. And it always yeah. bothered and- me a lot. And, you know, to, to be fair, you know, to the guy who wrote the movie, the guy who wrote the movie wasn't a fan of the game. I don't know if he even played the game. Mm-hmm. So, I guess he got the synopsis because they did work with Midway, which was, you know, John Tobias and Ed Boon, yeah. on the like on the movie, like for the story. So, they did get the story kind of nailed with some of the Hollywood tropes in there. But everything, I feel like, is referenced. You know, like the, when you first see Scorpion Sub Zero, Shang Tsung says they're deadliest of enemies, but slaves under my power. So it explains why they're there, and why they don't hate each other from everybody. Like that's a sex video game slaves under my power. <laughs> Suck my it's little like, cock. One heats up my ass, okay. and the other freezes my balls. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I as a fan 
of Scorpion was just fucking blown away and just loved seeing a Scorpion on the big screen. Like, oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah. And you know, I would explain to my like my parents as I was trying to watch the movies, like, you know, Scorpion's not a bad guy. He was killed by the blue guy, but they're just they're friends in this movie. Yeah, I didn't understand it all, but I was doing the best I can. But yeah, this this movie just like I say, I have so many like good memories to it. I had the VHS copy of it. I had the more common annihilation on VHS. I had the um Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, which was an animated prequel short that was like 40 minutes long. And I had that on VHS. So I was like, oh, I got them all three. And, you know, I did watch Mortal Kombat Conquest when it came out. I did watch the Mortal Kombat cartoon, Defenders of the Realm, which was like 13 episodes. So I still watch it on YouTube. Fucking, oh, so you actually liked it? Dude, I look, <laughs> before I became super cynical of everything, I did have a genuine, like, naiveness to me that I just loved anything that was my favorite subject material. Like, yeah. if you had just put Scorpion in anything, like, oh my God, a Scorpion, I love it. You know? And this movie was so popular, it did spawn a sequel. It did spawn a prequel series that was live action. It did spawn a cartoon series that was a sequel series. And, you know the games later on took influence from the story of this movie. Like Luke Kang and Katana's romance, Johnny Cage and Sonya's romance. The bromance. Was taken. Yeah. Well, they were taken from this. The fact that Kano killed Sonya's partner that wasn't a part of the original story. Sexual partner. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it could have been. Um, but Kano killed her partner. That was taken later on from it. The fact that Kano, like we all thought, for some reason, is we're uncultured swine. Uh, we all thought Kano was speaking in an Australian accent. Yeah, and then later on, like Cockney or some shit. Like, I yeah, was that's what he's trying to do. I was trying to look up because um, I guess there's this myth that, well, the the on the Wikipedia page it says that the actor that plays Kano said in a lot of roles that he was Australian, like you know he was of that. He was of Australian descent, at least. But there was this myth going around that I swear, or I'm having like a fucking, you know, Mandela effect scenario here, where I thought that that guy had killed himself because the the truth got out that he wasn't Australian. That's what I heard. Oh, but I guess that's yeah, yeah. that's bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. He did die of a drug overdose. Yeah, I know he he did die of like yeah. an accidental drug overdose, but I I, th- I think that's something that you know. Uh, anything like it, it it sounds so made up when you say it out loud but it's yeah. the fucking internet and literally like things are trending on twitter now that you're just like that's fucking ridiculous so i believe it like mm-hmm. there was a rumor that the ultimate warrior died and they replaced him with somebody else and that rumor people still think when they say he's like oh i thought when warrior died i thought he died years ago it's like you're so stupid <laughs> um yeah just you know people misremembering shit so that's what I felt. I was trying to like search up and down because I swear I thought that he was the guy who like, you know, had killed himself because of that or something. But I wasn't seeing anything on like the Wikipedia page or anything. So I was like having a crisis where I'm like, did I make this fucking shit up in my <laughs> head? What the fuck? Nah, I mean, I could see that happening. Like, that means something on the internet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, everybody thought he was Australian. So Kano from like, because they didn't have voice actors, but Kano from like Mortal Kombat Gold. 
to I think he was in Mortal Kombat Gold. Maybe yeah. not. It was Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. But whenever they started giving him voice acting in the game, yeah, he was Australian at that point. He's his like original bio, yeah, his original bio was he was an American orphan that was raised in Japan as a, a criminal. Yeah. So he was like American Japanese is what he was supposed to be. That's my but, bio. <laughs> Um, that's, that's, he's me, man. He's literally me. <laughs> he's Kino is um, literally me. Fakes so, his yeah, Australian so, accent also. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is, it's like, like Raiden being funny in this movie, like led to Raiden being funny in the other mediums. And, you know, I mean, he's not funny now. Raiden's just kind of stupid in the games. I, <laughs> yeah. myself, like I love Christopher Lambert. The Highlander as Raiden, mm-hmm. I I fucking absolutely love him as Raiden. I think it's great. He's like a fun Obi Wan Kenobi almost. Yeah. And you know, um, I love Kerry Tuatagawa as Shang Tsung. He yeah, is he's one of the without a doubt standouts. I it, think. Yeah, he's without a doubt Shang Tsung. You know, there there's absolutely no doubt. Like he is, you know, they brought him back. In Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was that web series that came out in like 20, 2013, 2014. And he was in season two as Shang Tsung. And then they obviously scanned him and put him in MK11. They actually later on added in the movie skins for Sonya, Johnny Cage, and Raiden. So they would send the equipment. I found this out over an interview with Lyndon Ashby that they would send the equipment uh, during the COVID area to his house and he would put on the little CGI suit and he would do the Johnny Cage movies and he would record all of his dialogue from his house and then they would take that data and put it into the game. So they had uh, Johnny Cage, Sonya, and Raiden from this movie as options for Mortal Kombat 11. And it's their voice and it's incredible. So, I mean, this movie is... Well, you say you don't like Ronda Rousey? No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, she's my favorite. I'm just kidding. Ronda I mean, she uh, Ronda Rousey would be a good Goro. Yeah, she'd be or, a good... or Shiva, I guess. Yeah, no, um, you got it right, Goro. But you know, she has like this movie has such a huge fucking handprint all over the Mortal Kombat franchise. Yeah. You know, and it, it's based on um, it's mainly based on the first game, but it has a lot of elements from MK2 that kind of yeah. completes the story. The Emperor you know? kind of is in there. Like, uh, yeah, Katana. and uh, Reptile and Katana. Um, well, Reptile is in immor- the first game, but he's like a secret. Yeah, but see, this one, he's, he plays secret, but then he has his Reptile fight. Even having the Mortal Kombat 2 Shao Kahn voice, Reptile, when he shows up. Rep- as a ninja. Reptile. Yeah, this, I love how at the end of the credits it says like fucking, um, because I, I sat through the credits because I saw like somewhere where it said something about, I don't I don't remember what it said something about. Um, it was the, probably a code for Mortal Kombat three. Yeah, there's a promo for MK three, which is, I thought was funny. It's like play Mortal Kombat three in any local arcade. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Mortal Kombat three had just come out four months before this movie did. Yeah. So. I thought that was pretty cool. There's someone said, I've done a bunch of like over the last week, listened to a bunch of podcasts covering this movie and interviews with cast. There's a spot in the reptile Liu Kang fight. You have to look for it. I can't remember where it is, but they said that there's a, um, 
there's a code on the wall for Mortal Kombat 3 that you can do and it'll let you play as like as a random person or something like that. Just a random character. You don't get to select your character or whatever. It's really weird. Yeah. But they uh there's a thing in there, a little little nod to that. Um I will say this, I mean I'm still buying time before we get into the plot with Cody. Um that this movie, like you said earlier, it stayed pretty true to the source material and it made it work into a feasible movie. I'm like, I understand there's some cheesiness to it. Probably a lot of cheesiness to most people, not to me though. But there is a lot of how do I say it? There, there is a bunch of just things that could have went wrong with the plot and they made it fit. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and you, the humans don't really have powers. You know, yeah, Johnny and, Cage it, it, doesn't like do his but, crazy green shit or anything. Now, well, when we get to it, I'll talk about the Johnny Cage kick. But, um, you know, Sonya, she does the head grab, and she doesn't, like, flip Kano over unrealistically, you know. That's the thing about this movie. It's 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 a fantasy um, martial arts movie, but it's also grounded in realism in a way. Because Liu Kang doesn't shoot fireballs. Johnny Cage doesn't have, you know, a red or green background when he does a shadow kick. Sonya doesn't have energy rings, and she can't get Kano over on the head grab with her legs. Um, so there, there's some realism to him, you know. Um, and like I said, when we get into the fights, you'll notice a big difference between the scorpion fights and the scorpion fight and the reptile fight versus everybody else's. Scorpion. So, um, yeah, I, I, this movie, um, like I said, man, I, I listened to an interview with Larry Kasanoff, who is the producer. He's the producer at, um, Threshold Entertainment, which is the company that produced this movie, New Line Home Cinema, funded it and um, distributed it. He used to work with James Cameron. You know, he joined James Cameron's uh, company when they were putting out the director's cut of the Abyss movie, and he worked with them on Terminator 2. Well, he tells the story that somebody at midway or something like that saying hey your little terminator 2 pinball machine in their little arcade game they had is our, our greatest selling game of all time but guess what you're about to be passed by this new game mortal Kombat." he's like what so he went down to an arcade when he got to chicago and tried to play it and he's like man this is like star wars meets um enter the dragon is what he thought he's like i can make a movie out of this so it took him some convincing but he eventually got you know the rights to make this movie Listening to his interview, though, man, it sounds like this was his one, like, big shot with fame that he got noticed for. And the way he talks, it's almost, like, very carny, like, very used car salesman-like, you know? Because he's an executive producer on the new Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But he's never fucking mentioned in any interviews. And it turns out, because he was trying to get a third Mortal Kombat movie made in 2005, and that didn't work out. I had read somewhere that he had sued Warner Brothers when he found out they were making the new Mortal Kombat reboot. So I guess as a like a compromise or something to it, you know, he got put on the executive producer label. But I went to the producer's Twitter account, kind of searched the name Kasanoff to see if it's even mentioned. It's never mentioned. Yeah. And when a lot when of this the podcast, this guy has as a producer, kind of like shit. really shitty. <laughs> 
Yes, they are. Like, Mortal Kombat is his one big thing when he's away from James Cameron. Yeah, he has an untitled Tetris sci-fi project as his to-be-announced film that he's working on. Like, what the fuck is that even? That's been to-be-announced yeah, for years now. Yeah, though. they they kind of announced they were making that movie, what, three or four years ago? And it's just kind of never, nothing's really ever stupid. come of it. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Larry Kasanoff, the producer, like I said, he nailed it with this movie. But everything else, obviously, not so much. I still enjoyed all the Mortal Kombat stuff. I even liked Annihilation to an extent. But he, when I listened to his interview, and I listened to, like, there, there's two podcast uh, channels I listen to called The Realmcast and Kamidogo. Uh, Kamidogo. And they're both Mortal Kombat YouTube fan pages. One of them was a website, but they both of them interviewed Larry. And one of them interviewed him for an hour, and the other one interviewed him for three hours. And I listened to both episodes. And Larry, when he got to talking about Mortal Kombat 2021, he kept mentioning, he goes, yeah, I am an executive producer, but I can't say much more about the movie and all that stuff. And it just sounded like, okay, you really don't had nothing to do with that movie. They put that name on the title so you wouldn't sue them. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I can't say much, you know, just a real tight-lipped, you know, couldn't. Yes, I mean, I that's exactly tell what it you. was. I mean, we can laugh, but I swear to God, man, that's what he was doing. It's like, this dude and it just sounds he's like, like he's full of shit. He's like, who, what's the the ninja's names? Uh, I couldn't really tell you. I was a little tight and lipped, yeah, you know. Oh, the, my God. I couldn't tell you what all, but, who's all going to be in it. I don't, <laughs> you know. But he, he has very, like, his, his information about the Mortal Kombat movie, Annihilation, Conquest, Defenders of the Realm, all that stuff. All that stuff was pretty prevalent. When they started talking about the newer stuff is when the interview kind of lost me. I'm like, yeah, this dude's just full of shit about everything. Um, he, like, he had, it, when it's almost like, like it's, here's a callback to our episode covering The Wrestler, but it's like Hulk Hogan was like, I was there when Moses part of the Red Seas, brother. Like, Larry had his fingerprints on everything. Like, he may not have been completely responsible, but... He was there when it happened or something. When every time he recites everything, I'm like, man, this just doesn't feel 100% legit. But, you know, to each his own. Um, Paul W. Anderson, Paul W.S. Anderson, who went on to direct all the Resident Evil movies, is, I think this was his first big project he got to work on. And I think he nailed it out of the park. He actually also directed Alien vs. Predator, which and isn't highly thought of. And Event Horizon, yeah. I was thinking but about. Seen a, I was thinking about Event Horizon a little while ago. So that's really funny. Um, I've just been. It's, it's, he's he's literally you, man. He's yeah, literally he's you. literally me. I've been playing yeah, a lot I'm, of Doom, and I was thinking like, I'll, it's funny because I've been thinking about like uh, the Doom movie like recently and how like fucking absolutely shitty that movie is. And I was like, dude, Event Horizon would be like a good Doom movie if it had like you know them killing all the demons and shit i've never seen event horizon but I, all i know about it is that it's um a lot of people reference that saying like it's what inspired dead space or whatever yeah um, it, it's really um like a lot of the effects are really good in it um like it, it's pretty cool it, it's a really cool concept and like cool idea but you know it's like a paul ws anderson movie so it's you know the execution yeah. is a little, you know, something yeah. a little bit to be desired. I don't know if really hardly any of his movies are highly regarded. I, Mortal Kombat is probably the most well regarded, and then maybe the first Resident Evil movie. But man, those Resident Evil movies get 
really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think Event Horizon is in there somewhere in like his most regarded, um, just because of the cult following around it, kind of. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, fucking AVP was god awful. I remember even as a kid, I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> Uh, well, I actually liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like uh, it. It was like the worst of like both. Like oh, there was no. Let me, there was no, no, no. Alien, Alien versus Predator, Requiem is the worst. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't me. think the fights between the alien or the predator. I mean, this not neither here nor there. So it's whatever. But no, no, no. It's fine because I, I I do have a tie into that movie later on when we get to Reptile. Um. But yeah, I mean, Alien vs. Predator, I liked it. Alien vs. Predator Rec Room is shit. The Predator is extremely shit. Prey, which just came out like last year on uh, Hulu, is really good though. Um, all right, but yeah, it's like so some of the uh, the stars in this movie. We'll go through them real quick. Um, uh, Christopher Lambert's Lord Raiden, the Highlander. They also they had approached Sean Connery to do the role at first, but he said he didn't want to do a physical role at the time. And Christopher Lambert was a video game fan, but he accepted this role because he was the one that didn't have to do any fighting. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do it. Um, Robin Shu is Liu Kang. Robin Shu, um, unfortunately, he's known for Mortal Kombat, but he was really good in a Chris Farley movie called Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, Lyndon Ashby is Johnny Cage. I think he did a lot of soap operas, and he did some movies. He did some shows and stuff like that, but I don't know him from much of anything. Kerry uh, Kuro Tagawa. I w- wish I didn't fuck up his name. He's done a lot of movies. He's a bad guy character pretty much in all of his movies he plays, but he embodies um, Shang Tsung like... I can't remember the guy's name, so don't crucify me. The one who plays Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. Like, that's Emperor Palpatine. Like, this guy is Shang Tsung. Like, 100%. And he just plays it, like, perfectly. And they, you know, as when they voiced Shang Tsung, they modeled their characteristics of all the games after him. Like, this very, you know, charming and devious, uh, deviant character and stuff like that. Uh, Miss Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade, who was awesome. They originally had casted Cameron Diaz in the role, and she had broke her wrist while training for the movie. So they went back to Bridget Wilson because they they interviewed like they they tried to cast like seventeen different women, like interview them, you know, the whole casting process. And they had they, I think they originally chose Bridget, but the movie was taking too long, so she went on to do. Um, Billy Madison with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Cameron Diaz signed on to do the role. She broke a risk. And then she was done filming Billy Madison. So Bridget Wilson came back in Mortal Kombat. Um, let me see here. Uh, Talisa Soto as Katana. She was in the James Bond movie with uh, Tagawa in License to Kill. But I mean, this is the only thing I've ever seen her in other than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. As uh, Owen was saying earlier, Trevor Goddard as Kano, who influenced Kano going forward forever. Um, Chris Casamasa as Scorpion. Um, he's a legit martial artist, and he was a stunt double for George Clooney in George Clooney's Batman movie, Batman Robin. Was it Batman Robin, Cody? Uh, yes. Okay. 
So that's why uh, Chris Casamasa is not uh, Scorpion in more Combat Annihilation. He just couldn't do it the way it worked out with the scheduling. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Francis, Fran, Francis Patet. I can't say his name. It's a French name. He is Sub-Zero. Now, Cody heard us on mute, and Owen and I had a conversation about Larry Kasanoff. Like, everything is full of shit coming out of Larry Kasanoff. But I think there was a point where Larry Kasanoff was, like, on his game when he was making this movie. Probably went off the rails after Mortal Kombat died in popularity. Francis, I think, was born talking nothing but bullshit. I listened to his interview, which went like an hour and ten minutes. And he supposedly trained um, multiple uh, branches of military services, army, like, uh, not army, but like, because he's from France or Japan. He, he said he was raised in Japan from the age of four or some kind of like that. He said he taught multiple branches of military martial artists. He was, he was legit. Um, I can't remember the branch of, what do you call it? Like, um, not karate, but uh, martial arts. Jiu-jitsu, maybe. I think that's the one they were saying. He was legit, uh, like, black belt in that. But everything this guy was saying, was just full of shit and it's funny it comes down to that because um if you ever watched cody have you ever seen beyond the mat uh that's that wwf movie that like was legit filmed by a hollywood producer no i haven't seen um well if you watch it it goes behind the scenes in wwf and showing what they actually go through and it's a great movie um but you notice Mick Foley, after getting thrown off of, or getting the shit kicked in by The Rock with like three chair shots at the head and going through thumbtacks and all this stuff, you notice there's a guy working on him. It's Francis. <laughs> Francis somehow talked his way into being a WWF doctor in the late 90s, early 2000s. He's on the behind-the-scenes WrestleMania 16 DVD helping Jeff Hardy fix his broken ankle. And Bruce Pritchard, and I heard this in another podcast covering this um, this movie uh, from 616 Entertainment, which Cody's familiar with, that they said that Bruce Pritchard had been talking about Francis, saying, you know, Francis seems like he was just full of shit. And just listening to his interview like for an hour, Francis is completely full of shit. <laughs> but... If you notice, Scorpion in the game is supposed to be Japanese. Sub-Zero is supposed to be Chinese. Neither one of the Asian, the actors playing the ninjas are Asian. So I'm assuming, and maybe to cover up body mass is why the ninja suits cover their entire body, but their their eyesight and their, their fingers. You know what I'm saying? So uh, That's what I'm thinking. And Keith Cook, who is another legit martial artist, plays Reptile, the human form, and he also plays Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, let's see here. Sandy Helberg is the director of Johnny Cage's latest movie, and it was supposed to be a cameo by Steven Spielberg. That's why the guy looks like Steven Spielberg. Um, let's see here. That's not really important. Goro was physically portrayed from the bottom the bottom down, like the feet, by uh, uh, Tom Woodruff. And he was voiced, and here's the thing. 
He was voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who was a voice actor, but he eventually reprised his role as Goro in the Mortal Kombat animated movie Scorpion's Revenge that came out, like, I guess two years ago, maybe three years ago now. And Frank Welker, that's the guy who did the, uh, um, the Transformer voices and shit like that. He did the Predator noises and shit. He did all Goro's grunts. When Goro was grunting and yelling, rawr, rawr, that's him. Uh, Keith only did the voice of Goro. And also, Frank also did the voices, the, the noises that Reptile was making. Reptile was like, rawr, rawr, as a human, obviously. That's, that's uh, Frank Welker. All right, so this movie came out in August uh, 18th, 1995. On a $20 million budget, it made $122.2 million. Now, I've heard the figures over $124.7 million, but that's neither here nor there. It is, the at the time, the second highest-grossing movie of an August release behind The Fugitive. And it is now still the seventh highest grossing video game adaptation feature film ever. Um, so we'll go to, the, and here's the thing I sent you guys in, uh, like in the text to try to remind me. There's an opening where, you know, New Line Home Cinema. And it's the, the black, like, movie box behind a blue black light. And it says New Line Home Cinema on it. Yeah. When you watch, when you watch it on the VHS, it would do the New Line Home Cinema thing which is like this like really drawn out thing with music. And then it would redo the New Line Home Cinema graphic again, but with the Mortal Kombat music playing. It's like, Mortal Kombat! Dun, 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 dun. When you watch it on YouTube and on the Blu-ray, it just goes to that scene immediately. So I just remember watching that going, oh man, I remember they used to do the New Line Home Cinema thing for every movie they released like two times before they showed the title screen. Um, I'll say this, because I've been talking. I'll turn it over to you guys. There's no fucking reason the soundtrack should kick ass as much as it does. But this is the greatest fucking soundtrack to a feature film I have ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> I'm going to say that right. Every fucking thing. I know I ran around the house like I was a special needs ultimate warrior listening to this shit when I was a kid. I fucking love everything. What about everything. the last song that plays when, like, the, you know, they're all kissing and hugging and fucking, and it's oh, like... The, that, that song, that song's, yeah, that song's called Omicron. I love that fucking song. I bought that shit on Amazon when you can still buy Amazon music. That's cool. Omicron. I, variant. I, I, like, dude, I fucking, <laughs> I just, I love everything about it. Um, but, yeah, the movie starts out with uh, Shang Tsung and... What you find out later on is Liu Kang's brother behind a very obvious green screen. Uh-huh. Um, that's his an brother, actual location. Like, Liu, help. Help. He's, he's touching me in places. Oh, he's, like, hey, he's beating the shit out of me. Uh, help, 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 help. He kind of, like, the way it's cut is kind of funny. Um, like, the way it's shot, like, Shang- the cuts are, like, real quick. I don't know. It looks like fucking um, that movie that I like to bring out, Kung Pao Into the Fist. It's, like, the one goofy part of this movie that I think is, like, really funny it's just the opening it, it, i mean it's cool well, if you, there, there's some noticing like on the cameras in this movie some of the stuff is like a little slow motion trying to be the, the epic 90s shit yeah but there's also some moments where they have that shaky cam like sam raimi shit i hate that i noticed when i was watching like oh god mm-hmm. 
But it's just like some of they, they just try to make it like, you know, Shane Sung grunts every time he does a move. And, you know, I have no problem with it. Yeah. But. Well, yeah. some, of the slow, some of the slow motion shots are kind of <laughs> bizarre. Like, I mean, it's much later on, but there's uh, when Liu Kang and Shang Tsung are fighting. And um, <laughs> Shang Tsung kind of like, uh, he knocks Liu Kang to the ground, right? Or he, where he's like drops down to a knee. But, like, they have it in slow oh, motion. Yeah, he, he elbows him in the back and then uh, yeah. like shows him one and slams his head into the floor. Like, the whole, he's like, th- this whole section's in slow motion. is like, all right, you didn't have to do, like, slow motion for when Liu Kang is, like, standing back up and then turning to throw a punch. Like, all right, you could have, <laughs> you, you could have made some cuts here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Owen. Sorry, I was uh, I was trying to I guess make the point in the first one. I think I found what I was trying to say is like some of the fight scenes are pretty good, but then sometimes it just looks like Power Rangers. I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> and you know, yeah, you have to understand too. It's like a lot of them did their own stunts. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of cutting when you watch like action movies from before that and obviously after that. When there's a lot of cuts, that means there's a lot of stunt actors doing the work. Yeah. They were trying to do it as much as they weren't going to do much. Because, like I said, this movie did have a modest budget, $20 million, And I think a lot of that was distribution. Like, they, like Christopher Lambert, um, for his role, they were going to have a body double. Because, like I said, they did film some stuff in L.A., but they filmed a lot of stuff in Thailand. Well, they weren't going to have him over there for the Thailand scene, which is, like, where Lou goes, like, later on I'm about to talk about. When Lou goes to the, the monastery... To see what happened to his brother, and you know, Raiden shows up. Christopher Lambert flew to Thailand on his own dime, so they could do the scenes because he felt like it wouldn't have been like good enough; it would look cheap. And he also, as awesome as he is, he paid for the rap party when they got done filming. Like they have a, like a big get together and have like a big dinner and stuff like that and liquor. Well, he paid for all that because he's he's pretty fucking dope. Um, but then it interests when we go to like. Well, Lou has this, and he thinks it's a nightmare, but he looks at a telegram that says, Brother dead, come home, and it's from his grandfather. And then we go to Sonya hunting down Kano. Kano has an exchange with uh, Shang Tsung, which I I don't know what he said. As a kid, I didn't know what he said. Obviously now with with closed captioning. But when Kano says, maybe we should uh, have a little Kano, uh, not Kano, have a little Kano. She can have my little Kano. Uh, he goes, uh, when um, maybe we should have a little cabin for us. And he goes, if you so much as touch her, he goes, he goes, you're going to need to see an eye dog. And it's because Kane only has one eye. And they initially, when they first did the filming of the movie, Kano didn't have the Terminator eye. And Larry, um, the producer, they say they were going to try to change Kano because they didn't want to look like they were ripping off Terminator 2. And Larry was a producer on Terminator 2 with James Cameron, so I'm, I'm assuming there's something like that. That's never said, but I, I'm just reading between the lines because Larry talks in circles. And um, the kids like well, who were test audience like, oh, this sucks. He's got to have the eye. So they gave Kano the eye. Obviously, he doesn't have any powers, but in Mortal Kombat 1, Kano didn't have an eye laser. He just had where he threw the swords and he did the cannonball, but he just had the Terminator eye. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so look awesome. Then Johnny Cage has this great little movie scene uh, where you think he's really fighting to the guy that doesn't fall down. He goes, 
you're supposed to fall down. And he goes like, ah! it's just fucking awesome. Yeah. I so think all this that um, you go ahead, sorry. You just to I guess butt in a little bit, but uh, I think that um, like normal audience would probably have like a hard time to like figuring out what Sonya and Jax are in this movie. Like if you didn't know anything about Mortal Kombat, like you'd probably be like, are they like cops or like? Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what are they? You know, it's just kind of weird. They're yeah, like, I could, I could, I could say that. You're just like they're all dressed in black, but they don't have. Yeah, them. but they, and they're like in Hong Kong, and they're all like American, and like it's like what the fuck? Yeah. It's it's. I will say this: like, this movie obviously is full of exhibition, but it also it hits all the points that make sense for the movie and all the fans recognize like oh she says Jax he looks like Jax from Mortal Kombat 2 yeah cool he didn't have the metal armor yet but I mean he probably did if you played Mortal Kombat 3 but I'm not sure when Mortal Kombat 3 was released on home um thing I mean obviously Mortal Kombat it was released in April 95 but that's probably just the arcade yeah that's not the home like home media I mean which is obviously released much later on um, but so it, it sets up the characters. Liu Kang goes back home to see, um, like what happened to his brother. He talks to his grandfather and then Raiden shows up, which we cut that scene into the Northman episode because Ethan Hawke decided to do his best Christopher Lambert impersonation for the King in the Northman. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Liu Kang is just like, he's, he's fake. He's not Raiden. He's not a God. And then Raiden, simply just arm drags him real quick without trying and he sees the lightning and he goes okay so like Lou this whole movie is like Lou's wanting to get revenge for his brother's death but Raiden knows that if he goes in there just looking for revenge instead of actually thinking about how to battle Shang Tsung he's going to lose Johnny is afraid that he's a fake and he's trying to prove that he's legit and that's why he's going into like every battle he can and Sonya is you know, obviously she's trying to get revenge for her partner, but she's afraid to ask for help because she's at a loss. She sees all these magical powers and all this shit. She just doesn't know what's going on. Like, all three of them really don't. Um, they go to the boat. The boat's really fucking dope. Uh, and, by the way, uh, Linda Nashby, um, according to Chris Casamasa, like, ad-libbed 90% of his dialogue in this movie. So all the quips and stuff that he says you know it's like when he sees Lou he offers Lou money to put his bags on the boat and the goat, he goes look I pay money you take the bags or is that too complicated and Lou goes no I got it and just you know he, he just drops the bag into the river and walks off and he goes thank god I didn't ask him to park a car I mean that's 100% wasn't in the script and you know when Raiden does the whole like speech later on he goes the fate of billions will depend upon you and he goes ha 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 Sorry. That was ad-lib, too. There's a lot of ad-lib in this movie, which is awesome. Um, But you were introduced to Scorpion Sub-Zero, Shang Tsung on the boat. Is this this Fiery Lovers United? Is this the part where... um, This is when Scorpion reveals the the spear, right? Yeah, he shows it. It looks terrible as it like comes out of his <laughs> yeah. hand it, it'd be one thing if it just came out of his hand a little bit right but then it has to like open its mouth and it's got like teeth and a tongue and stuff yeah, it like, spits a little bit <laughs> it, i think i don't know what the fuck were they thinking with that like why wasn't it just a normal I, like weapon 
Well, here's the thing. I don't know logistically that they could make a kunai. You know, it's a it's a spear on the end of a rope. I, yeah, I, I feel like that that's out of his hand? all he had to like have in his hand was just that. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I agree, but I, th- I I I've never heard the stories like why would Scorpion's spear turn into a snake? Yeah, that. Uh, and to that, be honest that, with you, Scorpion's weapon, the kunai, it was not called a kunai until like the last few games. It's a he was spear. always called the, his spear, and it's not a spear; it's a spear at the end of a rope. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, it, it, that's that's fine, and I mean, they could have. I no, just think oh, it would have oh, been I, better. I, I, I'm just thinking, like, go ahead. Yeah, I just think it would have been better if they didn't do the weird, like, the thing is alive. <laughs> if it would have just like, I'm I'm cool with it, you know, coming out of his hand or whatever. But it's the fact that it like opens its mouth and it's like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. yeah. I mean, it's you know? like, yeah. cause I like I get it. He needs to have like a superpower, like this badass, like Sub Zero. So like, yeah, he makes a spear come out of his hand. But like, I totally get it. It's like they're like, oh, but but it's also fucking cool and alive too. So it goes. <laughs> yeah, I think if if I'm just putting my thinking hat on, trying to defend it, like ass backwards, like looking at it, I think they couldn't make a kunai work. And he's undead, so let's just put a live creature in his hand. It makes it easier. Like if they, could, it's easier for them to do the CGI versus doing an actual weapon. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, if you look at um, how they did the Kunai in the Mortal Kombat Legacy series, it looks kind of fucking stupid. I want to put to have a couple my little creature in a scorpion. <laughs> yeah, that's what a scorpion probably calls him. His little creature. Yeah. Like, hey, baby, you my little this? creature in his um, hand. But you see, in you know Sub Zero, they they show Sub Zero's power. Where he freezes the gun and rips it in half. Yeah. Which they do kind of a callback later on in Mortal Kombat twenty twenty one. He said when he does that to Jack. They also had a callback to that in the Incredibles movie. <laughs> what? I've never seen Incredibles. You'd have to tell me. Okay, never mind. <laughs> There's a part in that movie where fucking uh, like Frozone goes, "I know, I know, freeze," and he freezes like the cop. And like this, like gun gets frozen while it's firing. I don't know. It's not even funny. It's just I fucking the scene makes me laugh. So, well, you I, you lost me there. You lo- you ruined the podcast. I mean, I know what I know what you're talking about. It's just <laughs> I don't think the the joke didn't land. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've never seen The Incredible, so you just I mean, I just I don't know how to react to the joke. The I'm not trying to be an asshole. The Incredibles. Um, Those Incredibles. So we jump into. Uh, so we jump into like um, they get to the island they have a big dinner and then all the ninjas come out and Sub-Zero kills one of the ninjas with his ice grenade fatality from Mortal Kombat 2 the ninjas are supposed to be Tarkatan warriors but due to budget constraints were turned into ninjas and obviously Mortal Kombat Annihilation there are Tarkatans in there and they look like shit yeah I was gonna say they look so awful it's a good thing movie. that they, they didn't in the in the in the Mortal Kombat animated um, short that came out before the movie called Journey Begins, the island is full of Tarkatans, like all of them Tarkatans, and they follow Sub Zero around and they're trying to fight you know, the warriors and stuff like that. So, um, so that 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 kind of fits was when I found that out. Um, and then they go searching the island trying to find Shang Tsung. They stumble upon Goro talking to Kano. That's when you're introduced to Goro. And, you know, this is where they kind of changed the story, where they made Liu Kang the descendant of the great Kung Lao. 
because Liu Kang in the games was never supposed to be a descendant of the great Kung Lao. He was an orphan taken in by the Shaolin monks, and he was raised with Kung Lao. Kung Lao is a descendant of the great Kung Lao. But they kind of combined Kung Lao with uh, some of his characteristics with Liu Kang, and then when they did the Conquest show, they combined Kung Lao's look with the great Kung Lao. Because when you first see the great Kung Lao in the first episode, he's dressed up like MK2 Kung Lao, and then he's just dressed like a regular monk the rest of the show. But um, uh. so you find out, like, he's just, you know, like there's something special about Lu, and then they end up fighting um, all the ninjas later on. They get captured, and then Raiden has a funny line where he goes, Brilliant! After he, they defeat them all, he's like, Absolutely brilliant. Now show me what you're going to do about them. And there's more of them. And then Raiden does the uh-uh. I and mean, it's just great shit. I love it. Um, so the next day, the tournament starts. Liu Kang fights uh, somebody. And uh, one of the podcasts I listened to described him as the Tiger Monk. Because he's, he's described as a fighting monk in the credits. But he roars like a fucking tiger. And it's it's not a bad little fight. It's just, it, you know, it's a good prim, uh, a jobber match for Liu Kang. And then you see Shang Tsung's power stealing souls. And it's like, oh, okay. So this dude's like really fucking bad. Yeah, isn't this the Next part where he, great... he takes a soul and he's like, fatality. Uh, which just bothered me. <laughs> because it's like, you can't say fatality when you aren't the one fighting in the fight. Well, he's a bad guy, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants, though. Fatality. Your soul is mine. Your cock is hey, mine. Hey, like, I... <laughs> it's funny if you... I mean, I know, like like I said, you know, you're not, not everybody's going to agree on it, but, I mean, that was super influential. Like, your soul is mine. That wasn't referred to until, like, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. Really? And it was because of this movie. Like I said, there's so much they took from the movies and incorporating them into the games. And he also says it every um, five minutes. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But hey, it's a lot better. Look, he's he's a, he's 200% better than the fucking Shang Tsung in 2021. Sweet. That dude fucking blows. Your cock and is Cabal going. Well, <laughs> Cabal goes, oh man, I love the sound their soul's about to get sucked. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, I love uh, the sound. Getting sucked. Oh. <laughs> but uh, then Sonya gets her fight with uh, Kano, which is, you know, a very grounded fight between, like, two human characters. Um, you know, she gets her revenge, breaks her neck. She actually dislocated her shoulder when filming this fight. So I'm assuming that's why they didn't do anything else with Sonya, because she was supposed to have another fight with Jade, but they didn't introduce Jade in this movie. But she had separated her shoulder. I'm assuming that's why she didn't do any more fights, just because, you know... They were trying to avoid like her getting seriously hurt. This hasn't been said. I'm just assuming, like from an insurance perspective, like they didn't want her getting hurt anymore. You know, Kano. Uh, Kano uh, wanted to fight Sonya so bad so he could get some Braino. You know what I mean? Braino. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was bet- he was between her legs. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is where I want to be. But, uh, but I swear to God, like I, at least once every two weeks. Like at work, when I'm like walking towards uh, Savannah, my girlfriend, and I go, Ooh, now look at this. <laughs> I'm always just like, I'll always do this Kano bullshit with her. Um, it's just, it's, it's easy, it's easily quotable, and it's great. Kano, um, Kano also, and then, uh, Kano died getting a kiss from a rose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Savannah doesn't like that song at all. 
Really? And I send it to her. Like, I, I, there were for like the last month, I was sending it to her like every three days. The video I don't even know what you guys are talking about. You want a kiss from a rose? My seal? A kiss from a it's rose a song. on a grave. Oh, oh yeah, I do. Oh, I, uh, I was like, <laughs> I'll do a kiss from my butthole tonight. So, originally, in the original test screenings, the Johnny Cage fight was um, just the part in the forest. Like, the spear gets destroyed, and Johnny Cage comes up with a shadow jump kick and kicks Scorpion. That's the end of the fight. Like, that was the original screening of the movie. They had to do uh, uh, extensive reshoots. And then the whole part where Scorpion takes Johnny Cage to what I'm assuming is the Nether Realm to do that fight was part of the reshoots and that fight is absolutely fucking incredible like it's fast it's aggressive it feels like something scorpion would do because scorpion is just like you know this vengeful ghost and he stomps uh, on part johnny cage is like fucking nuts like five times it's when johnny cage does the jump kick um you know he he falls down he's looking around and the scorpion shows up behind him and does the welcome thing and it's just like oh my god as a kid i love that i'm like he said something other than get over here um, <laughs> this scene and it's funny um, because like this whole scene uh is probably my least favorite scene in the whole in the entire movie um <laughs> what scene the the whole scene with like scorpion and johnny cage fighting in the in the forest and all that yeah. Um, oh, in the forest. Yeah, because like, what about the nether round part. No, 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 the forest part. Because I think it's so. It just again, it goes back to the spear, right? I mean, it just looks dumb that it's like yeah, chasing it... him through the woods. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's like running away from it, like a fucking. He's like, whoa, ah, yeah, get away. Um, here's a funny little fact about that's like the filming of that scene. There, that's a rubber tree forest. Like that's where rubber comes from. Is like this little plantation of trees. Yeah. And they also have very poisonous snakes in this forest. So they had snake handlers <laughs> on set, like scaring the snakes off so they could film the fucking scene. They should have scared. It was fucking scorpion snake that was coming out of his hand. <laughs> that fucking thing out of there. Um. So, like, what do you guys think about the scorpion fight? Like, the, in the nether realm part, where they're just like, yeah, he just I like it when they go to hell. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that part, that part's, that part's good. But yeah, I just, I just wish it wasn't uh, preceded by Lyndon. That. Lyndon had a couple ribs. Something happened. I think it was ribs, or maybe you know his spleen, or something like that. When he kicks him, like you know the part where scorpion like twists his arm. And throws him against the railing, and then he kicks him in the ribs a couple of times. Yeah, one of those times it went through the padding that Lyndon Ashby was wearing and broke. Oh, it broke a couple of his ribs, and he said he was like pissing blood for like a week. Oh, in shit. that scene, but he wasn't trying to sell it. He was like, oh shit. But the fights were awesome, and they actually do the fucking toasty fatality where Scorpion you know, takes off his mask, blows the fire, um, and I saw this on. Um, Leighton Eversall, who's a YouTuber, does incredible like movie retrospectives. I think that shield that Johnny Cage is holding, blocking the fire, is a is a nod to Kung Lao's hat because mm. it's got the razors at the end of it. And it looks like I think it might be a shield, but it could also be a hat. And when you know Johnny Cage grabs that spear and throws it at Scorpion, and it cuts his arm. 
for some reason in my head, I'm always just thinking that's a reference to Scorpion's actual spear in the game. Yeah. You know, that's just me. And that's that's how I've always interpreted it as a kid. I like it when his head explodes into um, <laughs> into yeah. ground. And it's, well, it's funny, you know, this is you know a PG thirteen movie, so they can't have blood in it. But like just lava, scene. fucking. So blood. with Scorpion, they just have the lava blood. I mean, it, he's undead. You know, he's not human, so that's a way of skirting around the that's, rules. I think. I think one of the more disappointing aspects of the movie is really the lack of blood. I think that's something that hangs up. Some people going back to watch it as well, so which uh, it's kind of weird for like a Mortal Kombat movie to not have blood, but, well, you but it makes like, sense for the nineties, I guess. Well, the kids are like the ones playing the game, yeah, for the majority of it, and you can't have kids going to rated R movies without their parents. So, and you gotta understand something too, like it's not you know you don't really connect it. I never did until listening to some of these interviews. Like, the first Mortal Kombat game is a reason why we have a rating system for video games. Yeah. The violence of it. That's the absolute reason for it. So, they're yeah, like, it's like one, this it's thing's like already one of, got that. It's one of, like, four or five games from that era that caused, Yeah, there's, like, like Night Trap. Then yeah, which, like, looking back, yeah, like, I, just to go on a brief tangent about that, like, Night Trap, looking back at it, it's like, why? It's so, it's so, it's so like, just completely blown out of proportion for how that game yeah. was supposed to be awful apparently i mean i completely understand mortal Kombat, right because it has blood it has dismemberment and all that kind of stuff but like night trap it just seems so bizarre that that was i mean that is definitely one of them but it's just like so there's nothing in there that makes me think like oh the children should absolutely not see yeah. this it was just being i guess but from people who never played the game where we're making the laws and they thought you know I don't yeah. know. I guess you'd see women undressing or some shit was what they thought. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, I mean, I guess because they're all, I mean, they're like in pajamas or whatever, right? Yeah. Because they're having like a sleepover or something and like these, these well, they call them creatures, but they're very like, they're just obvious with, like, dudes. Very, yeah, yeah, crude looking costumes on. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just, I just wanted to. I just wanted to bring. Oh no! That up. I, th- I think that Mortal Kombat's probably like this isn't me tooting the horn. Mortal Kombat's the one they kept showing footage of at Sup- Supreme Court. Oh like, yeah, I mean it's definitely meetings. the one out of the whole entire group of those. Like I said, there were four was the or most, five games. It was it, the most popular. Yeah. yeah, it was the most popular, and it was it was the most I mean, graphic. I you have know. to think about it like you know, if it was just one game, they would have just called for banning that one game. Though. So I mean, it was kind of like a a bunch of different games but I, yeah you are right i think mortal Kombat was kind of when they were like all right these games are getting a little too much you know yeah um so and, and the funny thing is the the biggest fatality in that game that made people go what is the head rip yeah that was the one and then maybe the heart rip but i think head rip is the one they all kind of focused on the most uh which is ironic because they took it from the predator franchise um but, you know, so the Scorpion fight, in my opinion, is the best fight in the game, the game in the movie. But I think a lot of people will think the reptile fight later on is the best one. So there's a quick little just uh, jobber match between Liu Kang and Katana. And it's just Katana giving him clues to, hey, this is how you beat the ice guy. And then the first fight that was filmed for the movie, according to Francis, uh, is Sub-Zero and Liu Kang. And this fight kind of blows. Like it's it's Use slow. Sub Zero doesn't do life. a lot of attacking. <laughs> well, Sub Zero doesn't do any like 
all of his attacking is like defensive attacking. Yeah, and like then he sits there and charges up a, He sits there and charges up an ice blast for f- fucking ninety seconds. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, but I, like I said, I think that's part of the effects. So. While while Luke Kang, <laughs> like, I don't Luke know, like, is remembering what Katana told him. You know, remember. And it's funny because he and Raiden had he had training wheels for this fight. Like Raiden left the bucket of water. And Katana's the one that told him to do that shit, and she still had to show up for him to fucking remember it. Like, <laughs> Lou, how, Lou, how dense is your skull, man? Um, but you know, unfortunately, Sub Zero's killed, and you know, it, but I will say about this movie, all three of ninjas, like they're all like different in their body. Like Sub Zero is very defensive and like cowardly, in my opinion. I always thought Sub Zero was cowardly in the movie. Where Scorpion's fights are really aggressive, and Reptile's fight is like almost like an animal because you know he's kind of like swinging his arms around, like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing because he's a like, human cause, now. Because he's made out of bugs. Yeah, no, I think I don't know what the fuck that is. To be honest with you, no, I, I, I rewound it part. because I was like, I was like, but did I see this right? And I rewound it, and yes, when he gets killed, he turns back into like a statue. And then when he falls to the ground, like uh, this so com- compartment opens up on it. Out of him. Yeah, like there's a bunch of bugs and I, shit that come out. It's like, what in the world, man? Like, I think that's the stuff that it, has come out of his stomach for some reason. Wait, so I, is he like, is he the statue or is he the lizard? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Don't it, don't, it don't, don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I hate reptile in this movie, man. It's like, <laughs> this sucks. Oh, look! If if you can forget the CGI reptile and forget the statue part and just think of the ninja, the ninja's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah for like the thirty cool, seconds he's on screen. Yeah, you know, like well, hell, he has the best. And then fight he gets in the movie, bodied though. instantly. But mostly, you're just seeing this um, weird, like fucking Saturday morning cartoon lizard running. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like yeah. a fucking like early '90s like game for like DOS, <laughs> yeah. like CGI. Well, you know, the thing I think, okay, I will. I'll go ahead and talk about it real quick. The reptile fight was part of the reshoots with the scorpion fight, and the choreographer of uh, the choreographer, the fight choreographer was like a he was a dude that worked on a Bruce Lee movie and all this other shit and he did with Robin Shu all the fights of the movie but when they went to do all the reshoots Robin Shu was the one that was the fight choreographer for the Scorpion and Reptile fights that's why they're like there's a lot more action to them but um that was part of the reshoots so i'm assuming they weren't originally going to have Reptile as a human in this movie which doesn't make any sense i don't know why he's a fucking lizard he was never a lizard to begin with like that yeah. But I think, unfortunately, that gave uh, Midway the bad idea of making Reptile a, a fucking Reptile instead of a ninja. Yeah, that, that you know, I, I said earlier Reptile is my favorite character, but, like, I don't really it's hu- like... It's Ninja Reptile. Yeah, I don't really like Lizard Reptile. It's just like, oh, Now, who man. would? Cause yeah. you, it's because you got class, you know? <laughs> um, but we'll go through it. Like, uh, they do the Goro thing. They show Goro beating the shit out of like five different dudes but they show a bunch of camera angles of it it's because the puppeteer shit like the goro machine the animatronics would always break down like i mean they were doing the best they could with it it's easy um, to beat off five so you didn't see a lot hands. of goro <laughs> uh you can do something with those four hands um <laughs> we can make the money back by giving everybody hand jobs is what i'm trying to say for <laughs> <laughs> thanks but, yeah, for, thanks for coming then, to the tournament everybody 
Instead of instead of Shang Tsung stealing their soul, it's just Goro giving jerking everybody off. <laughs> I'll um, steal your cum. <laughs> your cum is mine. Um, but let's go. Let's try to finish up this plot real quick. So you see the Goro fights. Like it's just establishing him as a badass. He kills Johnny Cage's friend, who I didn't mention, Art Lean from earlier, and then Shang Tsung steals the soul. Like they reference things. Like okay, Johnny Cage, his shadow kick when he does a kick onto Scorpion that transports, but Scorpion teleports into the Nether Realm. That's supposed to be the shadow kick because you see a shadow behind Johnny. Um, when Scorpion blows up after doing his fatality, you see the Johnny Cage picture to my biggest fan. That's a nod to the Mortal Kombat Two friendship that Johnny Cage does, where he takes a picture, or a picture shows up that says to my biggest fan Cage. Um. Goro when he picks up Art Lean at the end and then he hits him one time because obviously it's a puppeteer but that's supposed to be a nod to Goro's move where he would pick you up and hit you 20 fucking times the cheap motherfucker in Mortal Kombat 1 <laughs> yeah um, Shang Tsung's soul still is from Mortal Kombat 2 because he steals a soul he can turn into people um, Sonya obviously the leg flip it's not really a good one but I think that was supposed to be more realistic um, but you know we get to the Johnny Cage fight with uh, Goro, which is it makes the best use of Goro, I think. And he hits Goro in the nuts, and then of course Raiden fucking just slams the shit out of a dude's shoulder right next to him. He's like, "Yes, sorry." It's like me watching football. And um, uh, go Chiefs, by the way. Um, and then you get that, and then the ad lib line. Johnny Cage's like, "Those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole!" And he kicks Johnny, he kicks Goro off the fucking off the cliff and that's how Goro dies you know because Goro dis, does crush Johnny Cage's glasses which is a funny line there's a thing in Mortal Kombat 11 like someone like talking about the looting that Owen was referencing earlier you have to grind on the game to get different um, attire really for um, all the characters so Johnny Cage there's a pair of sunglasses that says $500 sunglasses and it's a reference to the movie um. So, Goro dies. They go to the Outworld because Shang Tsung still Sonya because he wants to fight Sonya, get an easy win, and win the tournament. That's when Reptile shows up, gets thrown in the statue, and the fucking most badass fight of the movie to most people happens. Um. Now, what I was going to reference the Reptile mask, where it has the teeth at the end of it, and you know he gets. Obviously, it's funny enough, Liu Kang does a Sonya leg grab and flips Reptile like three times. And Reptile hits the ground, and you see him breathing through his mask and blowing the dust up. Reptile, um, in the Mortal Kombat Conquest series, which is a prequel to this um, show, but didn't come out until after this movie. All the reptiles in that show have a mouse on their mask, and they spit acid out the mask. So that was kind of the purpose they wrote into it later on. Like, you know, Reptile's ma move was he would take off his face mask and spit acid at you and put his mask back on. Well, to avoid doing that, it just had the mouth on the mask and he spits acid out. So I thought that was pretty dope. And in Alien vs. Predator, another Paul W.S. Anderson movie we referenced earlier, he has um, a Predator that has a... It's the Celtic Predator. It's the one that it's the second one that gets killed, but he's the one that looked like he was the badass. But his mask, 
that covers his face looks like it has a predator mask on the outside and always reminded me of the reptile mask for some reason. That was just that's probably just me and my little head cannon, but all that. And then we get to the final fight and Shang Tsung and Liu Kang have like this kind of like three stages of hell match where they fight and then Shang Tsung brings up like uh, I want to say about seven or eight warrior souls that have to fight Liu Kang. And here's the funny part. This is a callback to a couple movies ago, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. The guy that pops out who's ball-headed, that's got the big Fu Manchu, and it's got the two, like, hand knives he's fighting, he's in Big Trouble in Little China, like that actor. And he, I can't remember what else he did because he shows up a couple times, but he's in Big Trouble in Little China, which influenced the Kung Lao and Raiden characters in Mortal Kombat. So it's a funny little tie-in when it comes, you know, full circle there. Um, and then, you know, I love the fight between Shang Tsung and Liu Kang. It feels epic, but I understand it looks goofy with the the ninety slow mo. Um, also, and then there's a there's a scene there's a scene during this whole fight s- section with between the two of them <laughs> where uh, Shang Tsung disappears and he's at the top of the stairs. And then uh, Liu Kang, it shows the entire shot of Liu Kang just like running up the stairs. I don't know why it looks so dumb. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. That's pretty good. I I didn't think about being dumb as a kid. Just Lance's reaction to that. I mean, I just, I I never thought that was kind of dumb. I wish watching that movie, I could run upstairs that fast. Just I'm over here. Like, if I did that, after like like six of them, I'm like, okay, guys, hold on a second. I must have looked it's away. Like, I, I don't. I don't remember that. It's just like watching it. It's like there could have been something like way cooler they could have done for him to get up to his level. <laughs> some, Holy some shit! You're of, right. <laughs> some sort of parkour or something, but it just literally shows him running up all these stairs. Like, like it would have been cool if he had like like I don't know like it, I mean it would have been ridiculous, but like if he had just like fucking like jumped up it or some shit like i don't know yeah something yeah i think i i think that would have like stretched the imagination a little too much like i said the 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 bicycle kick which they did with the reptile fight was very cut away like it was close up a reptile getting kicked (laughs) in the face in slow-mo luke king's face because i think in reality if you saw the bicycle kick it would look kind of fucking stupid so you know it's cool in a video game. I just don't think it works like in real life. So I, yeah, I think it's kind of stupid. I don't know what else they could have done in that scene. That don't, that didn't. He's really like, wait a second, I gotta get up there. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a second. He's like, God, we gotta fucking fight upstairs. He's like, what the hell? He's like, wait, Shang Tsung, hold that thought. <laughs> I'm and coming then when up. he gets up there, Shang Tsung has his back to him. It's just like, man, this seems like such a weird, just a weird interaction right here. He's like, I'm not paying attention to you. <laughs> it's like yeah, you you're not there. You can't bother me. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge your existence. Um. So hold on. Let me make sure I'm not my phone. My computer's not about to die yet. Computer's about to bust. Not yet. It's uh, about to break. I did a little room. Um, so anyway, uh, so Shang Tsung turns into his brother because Shang Tsung can turn into the people that he stole the soul of, and it's trying to like I don't know why Liu Kang would in that scene like that's my brother what the hell She's like, wait but it's probably just a shock to see his brother in that moment it was a real Blair, uh, it was a real Blair Witch moment 
Yeah. <laughs> Blair Witch 2016, that is. But Oh, I didn't watch that <laughs> one. He's like, oh, wait, I forgot that... That movie was... That movie was terrifying until the fucking ending when I saw The Witch. It was so stupid. Oh, man. The, uh, well, yeah, I, I want to do that movie someday, so we'll just worry about talking about it then. I wanna watch, I've never watched the first one. Hey, I, I don't think I've ever seen the original either. I have, but it was like probably like a year or two after it came out, so I barely remember it. All I remember is the um, snot. She's like, I'm yeah. so scared. <laughs> 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 all right let's, let's finish up this plot real quick because i don't know how much more battery life i got all right um all right so they do the little slow-mo fight at the end there's a, a pit reference it's not the pit but at least you know they brought something into uh, it pit. from the mortal kombat game and um this is where they got soul nato from when shang Tsung dies on the pit all the souls come out of his body that's where they got the soul nato later on in the games was from this movie yeah um and then you know they all. Uh, Lou has a quick reunion with his brother, his brother's soul, and his brother's like, "We'll be re- reunited one day." He's like, "It's and cool." It's funny, the guy dude. who played his brother. He said, "It's cool being a." Well, the thing. Soul. Well, here's the thing though. He he um the guy who played Lou King's brother, was the guy inside the Donatello suit in Ninja Turtles one and two, the obviously live action movies. So that's a fun little thing. Not Ninja Turtles three, our favorite one. Um. Uh, just swallowed a turtle. Hope that, uh, just swallowed a frog. Hope that wasn't an ancestor. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they have the little reunion with uh, Raiden, and Raiden's like, he's. I guess Luke Kane was like, I guess you knew it was always gonna work out this way. And Raiden goes, didn't have a clue. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. And then you see the CGI um, Shao Kahn uh, ethereal version, I guess, because it's not actually Shao Kahn. It's just him projecting. And, you know, everybody goes in a fence, uh, fight stance, and that's the end of the movie. And that's Mortal Kombat 95. And I wish, in some ways, I wish it ended there, but Annihilation happened. So, uh, yeah. One of these days, I'll pick Annihilation just to punish Cody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's it from Mortal Kombat 1995. And I guess we'll just go ahead and do our quick final thoughts. I'll go with Cody because I know he's going to be negative. Um. Yeah, so the movie overall is, uh, it's decent. As long as you put yourself in the mindset of it being a movie from the mid-90s, it's fine. Um, like I've already pointed out, you know, there are some goofy-looking shots and, like, some weird CG choices and, um, you know, just to, just to quickly repeat them, I mean, it's mostly revolving around Scorpion Spear and just, like, the weird lingering on certain things in slow-mo that didn't really need to be in slow-mo and the you know awkward uh staircase jog at the end um but yeah reptile Reptile. oh yeah and reptile sucked oh my god i hated reptile in this movie except for the human except for the human reptile yeah yeah what do you think about like the ninja's appearance like the all the face masks were different they were distinguishable i thought they all looked pretty good yeah yeah they look good they look they look good what do you think about uh, the other actors like Luke Kang, Raiden, all of them? Um, Luke Kang, the actor for Luke Kang, I felt I thought was pretty good for the most part. There is I don't remember what scene it was specifically, but there is a, a specific scene where I think it's Katana's talking to him about something, and it, the camera cuts to him. And he just has like the dumbest look on his face, like he doesn't have any idea where he's at, 
It's just like, <laughs> and it didn't seem like it was a, a direction he was given. It just looked like a, a choice he made, an acting choice, which it's like, that's kind of weird. I don't like uh, Chris Lambert as, um, as Raiden. Uh, we've talked about that before. We talked about that when we did the 2021 movie. Um, and you're still a filthy swan. <laughs> I just don't like the voice. I just think, and I think it just really comes down to I've had all these years of having an idea of what Raiden is supposed to sound like, and what like shitty like he is in the video games, where he sounds more authoritative or whatever. And this is like <laughs> Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, <laughs> He's like, hey, man, I don't. I fucking love Mortal Kombat, man. This is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just don't. Know. Which is funny, but that's just, that's just how Christopher Lambert talks. Yeah. Right? That's how he talked in Highlander and all that shit. All of his movies, he sounds the same. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny to think so. he's like, man, this fucking Mortal Kombat shit. Man, this shit's crazy, man. Just fucking. He's like, like, he's like, he just woke up. He's like, man, I just woke up. What the fuck is this, man? Mortal Kombat. What the fuck? Um, and the Shang Tsung, right, uh, the Shang Tsung actor is really good yeah. too. I just yeah. Love that in there. Uh, I liked Chris um, Lambert in this. Oh. He's good. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and go to Owen's thoughts. Owen, what did you overall think about the actors in the movie? Um, I mean, I liked them. They did the best um, that I think they could do, you know, with, with what they had going. I mean, I think Mortal Kombat characters are, you know, they're, they're pretty fun. Uh, I really liked Johnny Cage um, in this. The guy who plays Johnny Cage, I thought he was fun. Uh, Liu Kang was Liu Kang. I mean, it's not... <laughs> you know, it's not a role. It's that like it's better than Cole Young and the Liu Kang that's in Mortal Kombat 2021. Yeah, you're right. Cole Young fucking sucked. I don't know why yeah, they used Cole to. Young. I hope I hope the next Mortal Kombat movie starts with them killing off Cole Young. Yeah, I hope he fucking. <laughs> I hope like uh, you know, like <laughs> like he doesn't even die like any any fantastical way. He just gets like shot in the fucking hey, head. <laughs> let me chime in this one thing real quick. The guy who played Cole Young has way more like charisma than the guy who played Liu Kang in 2021. Mm-hmm. And you see Liu Kang in this, like Liu Kang for us in this movie is like, kind of like our eyes, like all, okay, this shit is real. This is crazy. And they try to do that. With the Cole Young character, like he's the, he's the audience in the Mortal Kombat world. Like you could have just had him play Liu Kang and done that. We didn't yeah. need a new character. And it's the guy who played Liu Kang fucking blows. Yeah. It's nothing against the actor that plays Cole Young. It's just, that character sucks. Like, like we didn't need Cole Young. Yeah. Like, it just it, we just didn't need it. Anyway, uh, oh, real quick, Cody, what do you think about Kano? Uh, I don't know. I guess I mean he did fine. I, I mean I'm neither here nor there on on Kano's performance like, on that guy's performance and like Kano as a whole in this film. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let me go back to Owen. Owen. Uh, so. Like any other actors catch your eye, and what do you overall think of the movie? Um, I mean, that's about it for the actors. I mean, like I said, I like I like Chang Song and the big name, like the big guys that came from this. You know, like Shang Song, uh, Chris Lambert was good in it, and like you know, I like Johnny Cage and stuff. But um, overall, I mean, I kind of have to agree with Cody. Uh, I don't know. I don't. This movie's all right, and and I appreciate it from the standpoint of it in nine, 1995 of it being like really crazy to see like a video game. Like I'm sure it was really exciting, um, you know, at the time to have a game, you know, a, a movie on the big screen that accurately represents 
what the video game was kind of trying to go for. Um, so I respect it for that, but I think, I don't know. I, I just don't think it holds up quite as well to kind of maybe representing Mortal Kombat really. Um, I don't know. I just don't think it, it, it does the best. Like there's probably movies out there. Like you can make a better Mortal Kombat movie is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I will say this, um, up until that, um, Pikachu movie with Ryan Reynolds. What is that movie called? Uh, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. This was pr- still regarded as the best video game movie of all time. Detective Pikachu. Until that movie. Came I like out. the Pikachu. So in the shower. Um, Pikachu. Pikachu. I'll, 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 at those jiggly puffs. Yeah, Squirtle <laughs> on them jiggly puffs. <laughs> all right, let me finish up, guys. I think I got like fifteen percent of my on my laptop. Um. I'll go ahead and say I love this movie. Um, I love Raiden, Shang Tsung, Johnny Cage. Liu Kang is, if I had to put a label on it, it's mid, but it's not that bad. Sonya is pretty decent. Sub-Zero sucks. Scorpion Reptile, Human Reptile are awesome. I respect what they tried to do with the Goro uh, puppeteer shit because I know that was like a million dollars just on the animatronics itself by itself. And, um... Like I said, Shang Tsung is absolutely incredible in this movie. And, you know, like I said, I think they did the best job for, you know, movie studios meddling, listening to this producer, trying to change a few things. But thankfully, kids that were watching test screenings that dis- that disagreed, like they wanted more fights and Kano should look like Kano. You know, at least they listened and fixed a lot of that stuff. I think it, I think it did the best it could with, Obviously, movie tropes in it. I think it did the best it could to summarize the Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 story. Which, you know, you didn't have that much of a story mode. You had, you know, the game, like the beginning summary of the game in the manual, every biography, and then the endings. And you didn't know what was what yet. What was real. So, um, you know, I, I love this movie. I think it did a great job, in my opinion. I started watching it yesterday. I felt a joy that I hadn't felt watching a movie in an extremely long time like extremely long time um, just I don't know it was it's just nostalgia and I still think it's a good movie it still holds up it doesn't have any right to be this good for a 1995 video game movie in my opinion um, I guess we'll go do our recommendations real quick and we'll go into what Owen's movie will be next uh, Cody uh, yeah um I would only recommend this if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. If not, I don't think there's anything here for you. Okay. Uh, Owen, sir? Yeah, it's probably going to be the same for me. Um, If you're not big into Mortal Kombat or don't know anything really about it, you probably won't get anything out of this. Okay. I recommend it, like, 100% for anybody to watch at least one time. And who knows, you might fucking actually like it and be like, oh, that's what the video game's about? Cool. You know, like I said, it, watching this movie as a kid and then going back and playing the games, it gave me a new perspective of the story that I didn't quite understand of some things. So, um, yeah, that's our movie. Um, Owen, what is going to be our next movie, sir? Okay. I'm going to ask Cody the same question I asked you, Lance. Cody, have you seen Pulp Fiction? Yes. Um, it's been probably 10 years or so since I've seen okay. it. But... It's been 10 years for me, too, so... 
I was thinking about watching it again, so I will probably pick that, I guess, for the pod. Um, so Pulp Fiction will be our next one. To... Okay. Great. Good All right, Cody, what, do you have any ideas on your next one, Cody? Yeah, my next one is going to be the 2013 Evil Dead movie. Okay. All right. And I guess I got a little time before I pick my next movie. Um, um, everybody, thank you for listening to Filmoscopy. Um, it looks like this is a two-hour episode, probably an hour and 50 minutes with what Cody's going to have to cut out. Um, if you like the show, uh, give us a like on any podcast form that you are using us on. Try to rate us if it will rate you. I know on Spotify and Apple, they allow you to do that. If you like to share our episode, share it with your friends. And if you don't like us, share it with your enemies. Um, if you don't like us, uh, then um, never mind. Still share us, but don't don't, don't voice your opinion. Share Just us. Suck okay? our penises, um, okay? Please. Oh, <laughs> please, okay, please. Well, I'm begging. Give everybody, give so, everybody a Goro handjob so yeah, that we can make yeah. you. Yeah. We can make you squirtle until uh, we blast anyway, uh, Thank you for listening, and as always, finish him.